Welcome to Psyche Magic, a podcast about waking up to the subconscious via our nocturnal dreams. I'm your host, Jordan Hale. I'm a psychotherapist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Together, we'll learn to befriend the unknown and her deep well of wisdom. While aspects of this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is never meant to take the place of therapy. Welcome back to Psyche Magic. Spring has sprung here in Nashville, and I'm thrilled to open the windows in the house, eat lunch outside, and start planting some fresh seeds in the garden. This episode will air just after Ostara, or the spring equinox, which corresponds with Easter. The themes of rebirth are all around us, And as we emerge from a two-year pandemic, I am hoping we can all begin to tap into a sense of hope and renewal in whatever small ways feel possible right now. I have a few quick announcements to make. I'll be wrapping up season one of the podcast at the end of April. This is such a huge milestone for so many reasons. Many of you who have been following along know that learning to use my voice regularly and publicly has been an immense challenge and a profound blessing. I'll be taking the summer off to travel, reset, and brainstorm some fresh ideas for season two in September. Since I first conceptualized this podcast, it felt important to me to let it correspond to the seasons of our natural world. Running from fall through spring, the darker part of the year where we retreat more readily into our inner worlds. This podcast is a labor of love. And as I think carefully about the ways I can sustainably continue to create this work that I've grown to care so deeply about, I'm going to need your help. I'll be transitioning my weekly bonus episodes which as of now include dream exploration exercises and guided meditations, to a subscription-based platform, likely starting out here on Anchor and later possibly transitioning to Patreon. If you decide to support the podcast at this level, know that you'll be helping to keep the lights on, allowing me to pay my team a fair wage, and offsetting the financial and energetic costs of making the show. If you've been to my website, you know that a portion of any proceeds from this podcast will go towards community-based organizations that support LGBTQ youth, such as the Oasis Center here in Nashville. I'm excited about this expansion and growth. I'll include a poll at the end of this episode where you can tell me what you'd like to see offered at the subscriber level if you happen to be interested in that. As always, thank you from the bottom of my heart for engaging with this show. I hope it is an encouragement and an inspiration to you to take the quiet whispers of your soul seriously. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, On to today's episode. My guest is Sarah Schuster of Fox and Elder. She's an herb farmer, homesteader, and community herbalist. We talk dreams, tarot, and her experience with learning to build a more self-sustaining lifestyle. She also gives us some amazing insight into herbal support for mental and emotional health as well as season-specific support. Hello, spring allergies. (laughs) In the middle segment, I will also discuss some of my favorite plant partners for dream work. 
My conversation with Sarah got me thinking about the importance of cultivating beauty in our spaces and in our daily lives as much as possible. To me, there's nothing more beautiful than the natural world. Beauty is virtue and represents the sense of choice that we must hold to steadfast in a world that can at times feel so crushing. I can choose to invite beauty into my world and connect with the joy it inevitably brings. I came across this passage from Toni Morrison recently that felt very fitting. Quote, I think of beauty as an absolute necessity. I don't think it's a privilege or an indulgence. It's not even a quest. I think it's almost like knowledge, which is to say it's what we were born for. I think finding, incorporating, and then representing beauty is what humans do. With or without authorities telling us what it is, I think it would exist in any case. The startle and the wonder of being in this place. The overwhelming beauty. Some of it is natural. Some of it is man-made. Some of it is casual. Some of it is a mirror glance. Is an absolute necessity. I don't think we can do without it any more than we can do without dreams or oxygen, unquote. Indeed, beauty is pleasure concentrated, and pleasure is an act of resistance. If you've never read the book Pleasure Activism by Adrienne Marie Brown, I highly recommend checking it out. There's another excellent essay I read recently called The Mystical Core of Organized Religion, which I'll link to in show notes. In it, David Steindl Rast has this to say about beauty and the ritual we organize around it. Quote, The intellect sifts out what is true. The will reaches out for what is good. But there is a third dimension to reality, beauty. Our whole being resonates with what is beautiful, like a crystal lampshade that reverberates every time you hit a C-sharp on the piano. Ritual, too, is an element of every religion. And every ritual in the world celebrates in one form or another belonging pointing toward that ultimate belonging we experience in moments of mystical awareness. And every ritual in the world celebrates in one form or another belonging, pointing toward that ultimate belonging we experience in moments of mystical awareness. I encourage you to create your own rituals this season around inviting beauty into your world making something with your hands, embracing art, planting something and watching it grow. Watch the way it can move you profoundly if you let it. Now onward to my guest, Sarah Schuster. All right, Sarah Schuster, we're off to a good start. Welcome to Psyche Magic. Thanks, Jordan. I'm super happy to be here and to connect with you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm very excited. I will talk about this a little bit more in the intro, of course, like as I kind of introduce you to the audience. But Sarah Schuster is a homesteader, a gardener, an herbalist basically all my favorite things wrapped in one. Like I was telling her, like, I want to be you. Like, I want to be like you one day. So yeah, I'm excited. 
I'm excited to be here and I love what you're doing and diving into dreams and everything. I'll just like you messaged me on Instagram and you're like, check out the pod. I was like, I can tell you yes already. Yes. I want to come <laughs> on and talk about this. Yes. Immediately. I think I said a few keywords. Like I was like, witchy stuff, dreams, tarot. And you were like, done. Let's yeah. Go. I was like, boom, boom, boom. Let's get like, what are you doing right now? Let's, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yay. Well, okay. Let's dive in. Let's go ahead and get in the zone and we will pull our tarot card to guide our conversation to see kind of where we need to go and what messages we need to help this conversation be fruitful and restorative to us both and to the listeners. So let's do it. See what comes up. Oh, okay. Yes. All right, Sarah. So the card that I Hold is the two of wands. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay. For the listeners, um, this is a man standing on the precipice, like on the edge of a castle. And he's looking out on the horizon. There's like a mountainous scape ahead of him. Very lush landscape. There's a body of water. He's got two wands perched on either side of him. And then he also is holding a globe in his hand. So as he's staring off into the distance, he's got the globe and he's got the two wands on either side and his back is to us. Um, Okay, so... Sarah, what does this card do for you? What does this bring up for you? Do you have any associations with this card? Mm, So I always think about wands just being about, you know, creative fire, the twos. So, well, to go back. So I really like to focus on the way all the cards relate to one another. So in sort of like, I talk about the journey when you start from the ace of a suit, going from the ace up through the 10. Yes. I like to, when I pull a card, I like to look at what's on either side of it. Cool. Cool. So I like to think about, you know, I love the Ace of Wands. I actually have, it's part of like a tattoo on my wrist. Amazing. I I love it so much. Just that creative energy, that creative fire that the Ace is going to be like the purest form of that energy. And so then I think about, okay, well, we start there. That's like our idea card, right? That's where all the energy is starting to bubble up. And so then I think about the two of Wands of being like that action step or the step forward. Yeah. So like in the card that you just pulled the imagery there of him standing between the two wands, almost like it's a portal or yeah. like the, the starting post of a race, basically like he's about to cross the starting line. It's time to take all that energy and ideas of the ACE and start to actually implement them and put them into motion. So I feel like it's about making decisions. It's about starting that initial first step to begin making progress on your journey, whatever that needs to be. Um, it also brings up the idea of balance for me, those two wands um, being, you know, equidistant from him there in, in the yeah. in the imagery and sort of that like parallel pathway forward um, as well, if you're going to like incorporate other people into your reading too. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I'm just now noticing something about this card, which <laughs> is that he's got one foot on the ground and then his other foot I actually think is like perched up on the edge Mm -hmm. of this precipice so it is if you're talking about the progression of the ace being the initial spark the idea then the two is that first kind of like that leap of faith yeah literally that initial step that yes have you watched the show Discovery of Witches or read the books? By any okay, chance? it's on my list. I have not checked it out yet, but I've heard uh, good things. So one of the things I think about there is, I don't want to like give too much away, but one of the characters is able to time walk and like basically step between worlds. And like, there's like a physical cue for that where she actually stands hovering, like lifting one foot off the ground, preparing to take that step. And like, that's immediately what I think of now when I see that card is stepping into like the next phase of whatever you're doing. Yes. Yes. That's really cool. Yeah. Because you have to have some, you know, if I'm thinking about it in sort of a sympathetic magic kind of way, Mm -hmm. you have to have some representation of what it is that I'm energetically trying to do. And so I have to set myself up in the position of where I'm trying to go. And he's also holding the world in his hands. So there's boundless potential here but it takes mm-hmm. that first step. Yeah. And I think about him holding, um, holding that kind of like almost like a little snow globe or crystal ball yeah. of just him using that as like a focal point for setting his intention as he's taking that step. Mm-hmm. 
A hundred percent. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of something that we were already talking about off mic before we started, which is that for a lot of us who have these dreams, like a more self-sustaining lifestyle, you have to start somewhere. Like you have to start small. You can't just say, oh, someday maybe I'll be able to live on a farm and grow all my own food. Okay. Well, that's fine. But what if you just grow a couple of herbs right now? Right. Like I feel like the two of wands is kind of a card that's about starting where you are. Right. Right. It's the beginning of the journey. We still have to go through all the rest of the cards and then back around because we know the journey also never ends. And so, yeah, it's understanding that you have to take that initial first step and you know, he's sort of like looking outward as he starts to take this step, sort of surveying the landscape he's stepping into. We don't know that these are ideal or perfect conditions, right? And we can't wait around for those conditions to suddenly magically be perfect because we know that's never going to happen. And so it's about stepping onto the path, you know, taking that first step, right? Even if we can't exactly see the full path laid out before us, but having that faith in ourselves as well, that once we start taking the first step, the next step will appear. Oh, yes, Sarah. Yes. You're speaking to me right now. So (laughs) yay. Okay. Two of wands. We'll see how else he ties in to our conversation, but yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Okay. So I would love to first just get into your dream world, Sarah. So we will start there. There were a couple of just really sort of powerfully experiential dreams that you shared with me that you wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about. And I love these kinds of dreams because they remind us just how, how powerful, like the action of a dream can be and Mm -hmm. how much that can really like stay with us in our waking lives. Like we are having an experience when we dream a physiological experience an emotional experience. So I would love for you to share one of these dreams with us, tell us about it, kind of put us into the world of the dream, and then we'll see where the conversation goes. Sure. So I actually sent you, I often have pretty short dreams, but but yeah. if I do remember any of my dreams, I'll usually remember a couple, like I'll have a couple in the same night. Yeah. Um, and so I actually sent you like two dreams that I had in the same night, sort of back oh, to back with each other. I didn't realize they were in the same night. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that's why I thought it was like really interesting. And I remember they stuck out with me enough that I actually like wrote about them on social media, which is not Love it. Really, like put out there to people. But they, they resonated like that much. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I woke up like almost in tears, like yeah. in a good way, like just because they were so beautiful and they brought me so much joy. And I mean, and I know we'll probably get into like what else was going on in my waking life at the time I had these. But so, yeah. So in the very first one, and again, these were really short dreams, like almost like yeah. snapshots in a way. That's cool. Okay. But yeah. yeah, the first one I was in this house, I was sitting, it was very like sparsely decorated. Like I remember just kind of like white walls, a couch, not a lot in there. I was sitting on the couch, but the couch was very close to like a porch um, with like French, like sliding glass doors. And I was sitting on the couch watching the Northern lights. And, and I don't mean that as in like, I was sitting on the couch watching like through the window far off in the distance, these Northern lights. I mean, it was like this almost like psychedelic experience of like, they were happening like two feet in front of me, like so vibrant. Like you were like a part of it almost like it was right there. Right. Like the difference between like a TV two feet from your face versus like the last row at a drive-in movie theater or something way off in the distance. A hundred percent. Wait, so I random. love that. I love that imagery, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and so it was a really short dream. I mean, nothing else really happened in that other than just this feeling of just like how intensely beautiful it was, how oh. close to me in proximity it was. And just this experience of like, I'm not just like watching something happen in the distance. Like this is happening almost like for me in front of me, like in my living room on yes. this, this deck. And then the second dream that I had that night, I was just driving on a, on a road <laughs> and like through a city and I saw a fox on the side of the road, like alive. And, and so I pulled over um, because I love, foxes and we'll get into that as well I'm sure but like (laughs) oh yes and so I just you know I pulled over thinking like oh this fox needs my help maybe like what's going on 
And it just let me pick it up and scoop it up into my arms. And so I got back into my car holding the fox and it just curled up and cuddled up to me on my lap. And we just stayed that way. And like, I didn't start driving again. We just stayed that way until I woke up and just, so those two dreams back to back and then waking up and just feeling this just intense joy, like almost to the point of tears, basically Yeah, from just how beautiful and like comforting both of these dreams were to me on, on different levels. Yes. Oh, I, these are both just so beautiful and powerful. I love Okay, honestly, it is rare, at least for me in my own dream world, that to have such a simple image and like such a simple sort of picture like that, Mm -hmm. where it's like, this is the thing that you can focus on. There's not a lot of extraneous detail and, you know, like it's just this, like it's this like singular experience. Like that is so cool. I love that. Okay, let's take one at a time. So, Okay. The thing that really sticks out to me about the Northern Light Stream and the thing I think could be cool to explore a little bit more is this stark contrast between the environment around you, which is this very like sparse room, right? right? Versus the wonder and majesty of probably one of the most magical natural experiences that there is. I mean, the Northern Lights, like, I mean, that's it. Like, that's the pinnacle, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, like what's I mean, better than that? <laughs> yeah, it was, and you're right. It was like this very big contrast between this very, you know, sparsely decorated, you know, white, plain white walls. Yeah. I think there may have been like a vase with flowers on like a counter. And that's pretty much the only decor I remember other yeah. than like the couch versus like the Northern Lights in just like vivid, almost like technicolor, Ugh. you know, happening like two feet in front of my face, you know, just, it Incredible. was such a contrast. Yes. Well, and honestly, I kind of feel like that is the dream of why we pulled this card Mm. because Mm -hmm. the man is in this kind of like man-made concrete castle. Like he's still within the bounds of that, but then the whole beautiful majestic world is out before him. Right. Like it's kind of, it's, it's kind of that same like juxtaposition. So I feel like that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. I like that too. I'm like, woo, like a chill. Okay. So yeah. The other thing that I wanted to ask about that dream is that obviously this was a very like thrilling experience, right? Like it was just so beautiful. Were there any other emotional experiences mixed in to that dream? Like, were there other things going on in the way that you were feeling during the dream? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the other thing, if I had to pinpoint like another emotion was definitely like a sense of longing. Okay. So similar to maybe that card, the two of wands, just like really wanting to not be sitting on the couch to, to want to be stepping into that. Okay. Um, there, there was definitely a feeling of, I don't want to be in this plain white room. I want to be adventuring. I want to be out following these, like, will these lights guide me somewhere? There was definitely an aspect of like, if that dream could have gone on longer, like, could I have taken action and like stepped forward into the lights or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you were to kind of dream that dream forward, which is a Mm -hmm. dream experiential technique that we talk about on the show sometimes, it could be interesting to see like, okay, what would happen if I try to step out into the light? Like what would come next? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would have been definitely, if if I could do that, I definitely would want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, it can be cool to give yourself permission to go back into a moment like that, even just like in your mind and let yourself kind of play in that in-between space. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to envision this and then I'm going to see like, if I were to do something else, if I were to let the next piece happen, like what might happen? Like it can even be like a daydream. It can be really fun. As a quick side note, This section inspired me to create an exercise and meditation around what Carl Jung would call active imagination or dreaming the dream forward. This exercise is really fun and useful, and I'll be including it as a bonus episode to be released next week. Yeah. I mean, I wish, I wish there was a way to, to 
somehow paint or otherwise convey just like how <gasps> beautiful Ugh, those yes. lights were and somehow like capture that. That would be cool. I'm not the artist for that job, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, right? Me neither. I wish. Oh, that would be amazing. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that that dream is definitely, it's so cool to see how that's like a very two of wandsy moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, did you have that dream like during the pandemic when we were like stuck inside? When when did you have this it? This was actually right before Okay, these dreams happened at the end of November, 2019. Yeah. So it was like right before the pandemic actually started. Yep. I was going through a lot in my personal life. Um, I was very deep into grief at that point. Yes. In that month of November, um, I lost my grandfather who I was very close to. And also uh, one of my dogs passed away, like suddenly at home, like in my arms. And so I was really working through a lot of grief. And I think that's why um, actually the post I made on social media talking about these dreams was basically like a thank you to the dreams where I said uh, something along the lines of like, you know, this month has been you know, where my waking life has been so full of, you know, grieving and sorrow. I'm just like, so grateful to have had these dreams, like, you know, thanks brain basically (laughs) for these joy, joyful moments. Yeah. Like, thank you for knowing what I needed. Like I needed to have a different experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that I have heard so many stories like that about like being presented with some material from our unconscious that Mm. like we really, really needed. And it, it's so powerful. It's like, it's that kind of feeling looked after feeling that happens. Like I, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So let's talk about the other dream. Now let's talk Mm -hmm. about the Fox. Okay. Um, okay. Can you, or would you like to talk a little bit about the symbol of the fox for you? Because I know that this is a very important sort of figure in your world. So can you tell us a little bit yeah. more about that? So my, I love foxes. <laughs> my, my farm and herbal business is named Fox and Elder um, yes. because I love foxes and elderberry and elderflower. Nice. So yeah, the fox has been a part of my life for like maybe 12 years at this point. It's been a long time. A former partner actually kind of named me Fox a long time ago and it just sort of stuck. And the more I delved into that, the more I was like, oh, this was pretty right on actually. Like it was maybe sort of a cutesy flippant comment at the time, but this actually kind of worked out in a way. I actually have like a large like Fox tattoo. Amazing. Um, Like I said, my business is named after it. Yeah, it's an animal I've just always really resonated with. I've always found them to be just really breathtaking when I've seen them in the wild. I like that they're survivors. I love how scrappy they are, how resilient they are, and that they're able to move back and forth between, you know, varying their diets to whatever they need to do. And just, yeah, they're they're little survivors. I, I love them. They're so intelligent and, and crafty. And yeah, I feel like we have a lot we can learn from them. So it's been a really powerful animal in my life um, that's repeatedly just shown up in so many ways over the years. That's awesome. You know, in mythology, the fox is often represented as like kind of a very wise and cunning character, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's almost always the vibe. Right. And I too have encountered a fox I like a couple of times and every time it has been a very magical moment. Like mm-hmm. I, there's just something about like their kind of aura and the way that they move through the world that feels like I'm, I'm getting this really like special moment. Like whenever I see a fox, like just like a special little glimpse. Yeah. I feel like they have this ability to sort of like almost move between like liminal spaces in a way. Like they're just... I mean, I think that two of wands card, that energy, yes. they kind of have that also where they're sort of able to hop back and forth. And it's just one of those things where like you could be in, a, in an area for like years and like never see them. And then suddenly you're like, oh, like, where did you come from? I know. I know. They just kind of appear. Yeah. And it's just, and you're like, oh, like, hi, hello. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's, it stops me in my tracks. Like, I don't know for other people, but I'm always like, oh, hi. Where I used to live previously, my my farm before this one, you know, I'd been there for two and a half, almost three years. And I had never seen a fox and not only just not on, on my property, but anywhere near us. And I was coming home from doing errands at dusk one night 
and came around the corner and my headlights just picked up this gate, not on our property, but this gate and this fox literally just standing in this driveway, just staring right at me as I, as I came around the corner and just, you know, luckily, you know, it's a rural road. No one else is around. So I was able to sort of like slam on my brakes and just be like, hi, take it in for a moment, check check each other out, you know? And then shortly after that, another Fox, it was not the same one I could tell from the markings, um, started coming onto my property, like within a week and just hanging out and was, and had a den like on the property as well. And I'm like, I've I've never seen a Fox here all these years previous to this. Now suddenly you're popping, you're all popping up everywhere. Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's always interesting at like a symbolic level when different animals start popping in and out of your life. Oh yeah. wonder like, what does this mean? And in that same way, I mean, I was going through a lot of upheaval at the time when those foxes appeared. The deer on my property had always been very present for me (laughs) and in like a very comforting way. And right around the time the foxes showed up, the deer disappeared and it left me feeling, wondering what is going on here? why are the deer no longer coming onto the property? I mean, it wasn't like a time of year thing because I'd been there for several years. So I knew their kind of rhythms of coming and going. Exactly. You know, so I'm like suddenly feeling like, oh, am I not supposed to be here anymore either? Like, why have you guys disappeared? And I'm like, well, where am I supposed to go? Now suddenly this fox that I feel this kinship to has shown up and I'm like, well, are you going to lead me through the next portal? Like what is happening? You know, just- exactly. Yeah, it was a really interesting experience. Um, and I did end up leaving that land pretty shortly afterwards. So, yeah, like one door is closing, another door mm-hmm. is opening. Yeah, ah. very much so. Oh. Okay, so in the dream, the fox, you have said, sort of in the way that you've conceptualized it, is that the fox really felt like an aspect of you. Is that mm-hmm. right? Like, sort of like caring for yourself right. in this different way. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely felt like that, you know, I picked the fox up in a dream and brought it back to the car and just sat and it curled up on my lap and we sort of were cuddling each other. And it, it felt almost like I was comforting myself that I was getting care that I felt like I needed at the time. I, you know, like I said, in my waking life, I was really deeply grieving two different losses that month. And I felt pretty disconnected from anyone around me. Like I didn't feel like I had anyone close to me physically to help me I see. Um, move through that grief. Um, and so I felt pretty like on my own on that, on that journey at the time. So yeah, so it was really, uh, it felt really beautiful and comforting to feel like somehow in this dream, I was able to give myself the care that I so really needed and wasn't yes. getting elsewhere. Yes. And that is so Fox like, like you talked about how a Fox is all about adaptability and resiliency. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to use what I have in order to get through this, even if all I really have right now is me. Right. And I mean, and I kind of like the image that pops into my head is the idea of like, if you've seen like photos, like inside of like a Fox den or something, it's like, yeah, if there's more than one Fox in there, they're all going to snuggle up and, and be down for that. But if a Fox is by itself, what does it do? It curls up inward and pulls its own warmth in, right. And takes care of itself basically as, as, as best as it can, which I mean, lots of animals would do that right for warmth, but um, that's kind of like the thing that pops into, into mind for me is, is thinking about that of like, okay, like no one else is stepping up to help me move through this grief um, and to comfort me. All right. I'm going to do it myself then, you know, and, and we're going to figure it out. I will help myself. Yeah. I'm empowered. I am capable And, you know, what I see as a therapist is that in times of grief, what can often feel traumatic for people is losing that sense of resiliency and agency and feeling like I can't trust and rely on myself. And so Mm -hmm. I I think it's really beautiful that this dream was keeping you in contact with that, like with that sort of innermost support. It's just beautiful. Yeah, I definitely carried that with me. I mean, I can still remember the dream so vividly, you know, what, two and a half years later at this point. Yeah. That, you know, filling out the email questionnaire you sent me asking me about dreams. And like, those were the ones that popped to mind. So, you know, I've had plenty of dreams since then, but those were the ones that really like stayed with me as being just so full of joy and and just ones I want to hold on to. I definitely held on to them in the coming weeks, you know, thinking about 
you know, the one about the Northern Lights really kind of spurring my own feelings for like, yeah, I really, I need something new. I need an adventure. I need Mm. some sort of change of pace to get out of these same white walls, right? And then also that like self-care, like nurturing aspect of the second dream with the fox of like, okay, if no one else is going to tend to caring for me, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It means I have to step up and figure out how to do it for myself. Yes, exactly. And the other thing I hadn't thought about until right now is that the sort of Fox archetype is also about like that self-sufficiency, which mm-hmm. is the whole idea of homesteading. Like that's, that's <laughs> right? it. Like that's the vibe is that we grow our own food. We can care for ourselves outside of the more sort of oppressive structures that may be around us. Like we can do this for ourselves. Right. Definitely. And like, there's also that communal aspect as well that they do form some like family units and whatnot. You know, if other people are around, if other people want to come out to the homestead and be be in community, I'm totally down for that. But then at the same time, but if they're not around, not going to fall apart either. We're going to keep moving forward. That's right. Oh, beautiful. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Let's talk about a few of my favorite herbs to use in dream work. I'm learning to think of plants as partners and to cultivate a relationship with them. Mugwort is one such plant I've been vibing with for a while. Mugwort has traditional associations with divination, protection, healing, strength, dreaming, and psychic awareness. You can create a small sachet to put under your pillow, to invite protection from nightmares, and even lucid dreaming. You can also use it as a smoke wand for smoke cleansing of your bedroom area, or you can make it into a tea. But please don't choose this option if you're pregnant or nursing. Another great herb to work with, especially if you have trouble remembering your dreams and want to invite better dream recall, is rosemary. Rosemary is associated with cleansing, protection, healing, longevity, remembrance, and improving overall working memory and concentration. My favorite way to use rosemary is to chop some up and cook with it, adding it to soups, sauces, pasta, or even a loaf of bread. You can also grow rosemary easily. It is very tough and hardy and will root quickly. It makes a great windowsill plant. Lastly, I'm going to be growing yarrow for the first time this year in my garden. I've heard so much about this powerful herb and hope to experiment with it in dream divination as a partner to mugwort especially. Yarrow is traditionally associated with marriage, courage, love and friendship, psychic ability, and hex breaking. I will keep you posted as I cultivate this bond and please feel free to do the same. By the way, a great intro text to learn more about these herbs and so many more is The Green Witch, your complete guide to the natural magic of herbs, flowers, essential oils, and more by Erin Murphy Hiscock, which I'll link to in show notes Now back to my guest, Sarah Schuster. So let's talk about homesteading. Let's talk about gardening. Let's talk about how this became your world? Like, how did you find this? So I have always just been (laughs) like, I remember just, you know, being a young kid and reading books like Hatchet or My Side of the Mountain, these books about kids by themselves in weird situations, demonstrating resiliency and going off and like, 
surviving in the wilderness, living in the woods, building houses inside trees and gathering their own food and very fox-like. Right. And it just, that always just really clicked for me and really resonated for me. And I just carried that forward into my life and then was exposed to like gardening, you know, that kind of lifestyle, that the idea of like self-sufficiency and survival skills and just always really, just really clicked for me. I was like, oh, this is what I want. I want to grow things. I want to grow my own food. I want to not live in a city. I want to be close to animals, closer to nature and be part of nature as well. Not just like visiting it. Exactly. Yeah. And so from there, you know, I worked, I had a partner in high school and through early adulthood whose family uh, farmed and had like a market garden. Amazing. And so I was able to be around that. Their mom was an herbalist also. So that was sort of like my first exposure to that Yeah, and thinking like, oh yeah, this is totally the life I want. I'm very excited about this. And then got derailed by, you know, but no society says this isn't a viable career option. Right. You know, so then okay, decided to, you know, still went to college, became like a middle school teacher for a while, worked through some other careers and, but eventually was just like, but none of this makes me happy. And I still keep circling back around to these other things, you know, still having a garden, still, you know, dabbling in herbalism. Um, and then finally I was like, no, I just, I really have to do this. Like I want to do this full time. I want this to be what I do. So enrolling in like an herbal program and then deciding very shortly after that, okay, I'm going to buy land. I'm going to get out of the city. I'm going to actually make a go of this. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. <laughs> I I love stories where there was this kind of consistent internal pull towards something. And then much like the hero's journey, it's like, there has to be a point where I sort of refuse that call mm-hmm. and I have to explore, oh, well, what else is there? And what are the shoulds? And what does society say? Right? Like that right. whole kind of like tangent has to happen so that I can then return home and recognize it for what it is, which is home. Right. And I was always trying to kind of going back to that two of wands, like one foot on the ground, one foot in the air. I was always trying to still bring those other aspects into whatever career I was trying to do. So like when I went into teaching, you know, everything I do always has some sort of like kind of alternative, non-traditional twist to it. And so my goal was, oh yes, I'll teach for a while and then I'll start a charter school on an organic farm where the students get to like grow their own food a couple of days, you know? And so there was always like this kind of duality of like, okay, I'm going to try to do the quote unquote responsible adult career <laughs> trajectory or whatnot, but I want to do it and still have these other things as part of it, you know, and wanting to be able to like travel and, and do whatnot. And I was like, well, at least as a school teacher, I can go do that as well. Yeah. And so just always trying to like combine those things or, or get them to still work. I know. I know what you mean. Yes. And there's kind of overcomplication that can happen where it's like, I'm trying to mix so many things and yeah, I can see how the waters could get a, a little muddy. It could feel like a little bit little bit too much. Yeah. Very muddy. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How are we supposed to do all of this? And then, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, having to decide, I don't want any of this other stuff that I've been working on, you know, and, and who cares what people think at some point, like who cares if they approve of my so-called career or lack thereof? Like if I'm not actually happy, what is the point of all this? Exactly. And I've never been someone who aspired to be, you know, quote unquote wealthy. And that's what people will tell you is, well, you're never going to get rich farming. I started off college, actually not even to be a teacher. I started off as an engineering major. I've always been in love with like the space program. And so I was starting off as an aerospace engineer. Wow. And then, you know, because of like the job prospects in that career looking very limited due to like constant, you know, funding issues and whatnot, you know, my counselors were recommending, well, if you switched over to like mechanical engineering, you could still potentially work in the space industry with that degree, but it would also give you a lot of other options in case you can't find work there. And I was like, all right, you know, that make you know, that makes sense. It sounds very logical. But at the end of the day, I was like, but do I want to be an engineer if I'm not working in the yeah. space industry? And the answer was absolutely not. I would be miserable just designing more efficient toilet or something, you know, as like whatever engineering job I happened to come across. I was like, I don't want to do that. That's not at all what I want. And so then I started trying to explore, well, what else might I be interested in? 
So I went to my counselor talking about like, you know, I'm thinking about maybe switching to this major or that major. And the first words out of their mouth were, well, you're not going to make as much money as you would in engineering. Wow. And I was like, well, we have a fundamental disconnect here because values wise, that is not my top priority. My priority is my own happiness and feeling fulfilled. Imagine that. What? Right. And like the little scrappy fox, I'm like, I have been dirt poor, like at so many different points in my life. I have absolute faith and confidence in myself that I will survive on whatever salary you think I'm going to make it at this job, you know? And so I was just, you know, I just, I left that office with such a feeling of disgust of like, I'm telling you how unhappy I am pursuing this career and your only response is, but you're going to make less money. I was like, well, if I'm not around to spend it, who cares? Number one. Exactly. I mean, just to boil it right down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's taking me back to the Northern Lights dream because it's taking Mm -hmm. me back to this idea of the four walls and the things that we're told that we should want, right? Like the things that we're told will lead to happiness and then how kind of emotionally bankrupt those things can leave us in the end. There's a quote, I wish I could remember who said it. I'll have to look it up. But they say that you can never have enough of what you don't actually need. And so it just makes me think of that. Yeah. Mm, that's great. No, I love that. Yeah. And I think too about you know those four walls and the dream and like just over my own life experiences, knowing like what sort of my trigger points are for like what constitutes a crisis in, in Sarah's world is like feeling stuck or trapped is like the worst thing thing for me. Um, anything else that you want to throw at me, you know, hard times, lean times, I'm good. We're fine. We'll improvise. We'll make it work. Feeling like I'm stuck or trapped somewhere that I'm not supposed to be anymore is like literally like the image of like a fox, like chewing off its own leg to get out of a trap. Like mm-hmm. that is me a hundred percent. Powerful, powerful imagery. And I get so, I'm a little like fluttery. Like I get so inspired talking to people who have given themselves permission to dismantle a lot of those messages and to follow instead what feels right for them. And my hope is that societally, we are getting a little bit better at that. We are getting a little more critical of systems like capitalism. I see a small shift happening and it makes me hopeful. Yeah. I see that shift happening too. And, you know, I think that shift is happening from, there are some people that are very comfortable with risk. Feel like I'm one of those people, like I'm willing to like take a leap, even if I can't see the net, but there are other people that are more risk averse. And I totally understand that. and that. And that's totally fine. I think the shift that we're seeing is that now some of the cracks are starting to show, right. That, that we're seeing that like, going and working a 40 hour week at a job that you maybe don't hate, but you definitely don't love. And it's not something you're passionate about. There's no actual guarantee of safety there anymore, which people used to think there was. And and for a long time, you know, seventies, eighties, whatever, maybe there was that, yep, you can go work that job and grind it out until you get your gold watch and your pension or your retirement. I think the cracks forming now where people realize that like there is no guarantee of safety here anymore, even for the people that are, you know, more risk averse and feel, you know, like they need a better safety net. They're starting to realize, well, if it's not really here, then why am I going to stay in this job? Why not? If there's no guarantee, why not shoot for the moon and go do what I actually want to do and what's going to make me happy then? And I I hate that we're to that point where that safety isn't available for people because I know some people really need it, but I do love that people are finally getting fed up enough to say, okay, well, if this isn't even real, then like, I'm going to go live my life the way I want to. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Me too. I think we should talk more about your work. I would love to actually get into like details of kind of like the gardening and like what your garden sort of like looks like, how it functions and also the herbalism piece. Like if you can teach us a little bit more about kind of like what you do and what herbalism means to you. So tell us more. Well, right now in my gardens, I'm on new land this year. So I'm rebuilding. So this will be my first season growing here on this property. So I'm really excited and 
have lots of seeds planted, started indoors. Um, this morning I woke up and the tomato seeds had just sprouted finally overnight. So Yay! this has been a great, a great week of just like tiny magical moments of wonder where like every morning it's like, it's like Christmas morning where every morning you get up and you're like, what sprouted while I was asleep? You know, I love that. Um, it's the best feeling. Like it's such, I mean, if you need joy, go buy a $2 packet of seeds, put them in the ground and just come check on them every day after that and see what they've done. Because the day they finally like pop up, it's like, it's joy. Like I just can't even put it in words beyond that. Like it's the best feeling. Yes. So do that. Even if you're just like on like a little windowsill and you're exactly wherever you have space for it, like do it. No, like true, like mental health tip. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like having greenery in my space, like whether it's houseplants or yes. seedlings that I'm starting, whatever it might be, like is just such a boost. And to have like that kind of little symbiotic relationship of like, I'm caring for this plant. This plant is caring for me, whether that's, you know, cleaning my air or providing me with like a little, you know, some fresh herbs to garnish a meal with, you know, yes. whatever it is you can grow in your space. I would definitely encourage you to do that. Yes. Yeah. So getting the gardens restarted this year, you know, so for me, the homesteading is like trying to grow as much of my own food as possible. Okay. So lots of, you know, vegetables and things like that. But then the herbal, you know, business side is, you know, well, growing herbs like for my own personal use, but then for also like product making, also for like doing formulation for, you know, one-on-one clients and things like that. It's all kind of lumped in together. So the nice thing about gardening is, you know, getting away from like that idea of like, the monocropping of just like okay, this yes. area over here is all tomatoes and this area over here is all this other thing and just intermingling all of it, you know, to where the herbs and the vegetables are all mixed in and, you know, just letting them all kind of hang out together. And, you know, I love, you know, resiliency is something, it's like a theme I come back to all the time in, in my own life. And like, you're building that resiliency, right? So by interplanting so many different things, um, what happens is, you know, a pest, an insect that you don't want that would maybe come through and like okay. destroy a crop of something. What it does is that insect is going to come like check, land on a plant and go, Ooh, I like that plant. I want to eat that. And, but it's like, but I'm not going to go get all my friends yet. I want to make sure there's enough to go around that it's worth traveling over here. So then it's going to go land on another plant. Now imagine this is like, something that destroys, you know, kale, for instance. If you just have an entire row of nothing but kale, then what happens is as that bug goes from plant to plant, it's just getting positive feedback the whole time. Yes, I want this and this and this and this. And so it's like, cool, this is a buffet. Let me go get my friends. Okay. If instead you've interplanted a bunch of different things, some of which it either doesn't care about or is actually doesn't like and is sort of like off-putting to it, then it's going to say, well, I, I landed on six or eight different plants here, but only two of them I actually would want to eat. So that's not really worth it. So I'm not going to tell my friends about this patch after all. Makes sense. And it's like, that's wow. such like a, an, it's an oversimplification, but it's also exactly what's happening. Right. And so, yeah, you know, just the more we can integrate, the more we can have our gardens actually look like how, how we actually would find plants. Yes out on their own, you know, where everything's growing together. They're always intermixed. Yeah. Always. Right. So this time of year, springtime, you go out into your, into the, your yard, even people who think they just have like a grass lawn, like you probably don't right now. You're probably seeing dandelion, chickweed, cleavers, purple dead nettle, all these things coming up all around each other. You're not seeing a row of this and a row of that they're all intermingling. They're all growing together. And the fun thing about that from an herbal perspective is a lot of times these plants that grow together have similar actions, right? So cool. I love like the chickweed, the cleavers, the dandelion. These are the first greens that pop up in spring. And so you think about like traditionally, you know, before the age of grocery stores and refrigerators, we would have just spent the winter more inside than during the summer. So moving around less expending less physical energy, trying to conserve our energy and stay warm. And we would have been eating very heavy things like potatoes, squash, yes. things that we were able to store, right? So not a lot Starchy of fresh greens, things, right? Yes. So those heavier, more dense, hopefully more calorie dense because we're not, we're trying to conserve energy. We're not moving around a whole bunch and we have a little bit less variety to choose from in the winter. And so now, so we're emerging in spring, poking around outside, looking for what we're going to eat next. 
And what we see are these plants, chickweed, cleavers, dandelion leaf, things that help us get our lymphatic system moving and cleaned out. Wow. Wow. After we've been sort of like stagnant through the whole winter, right? That blows my mind. Like here, here's exactly what you need. Here you go. Exactly. And so, so I do this herbal vinegar in the early spring called lymph love, where it's just those first plants that first start to pop up, just infused in some raw apple cider vinegar and just, you know, putting that on early salads or just my water in them, you know, and just like, it's like, okay, cool. And my, the herbs, the plants are letting my body know spring is coming. It's time to wake up. It's time to get moving again. Wow. Time to get that lymph moving. It seems so simple, right? When, when you, yes, when you think about it that way. And it's like, there's so many different plants that just like pop up at exactly the right time you need them. You know, and there's like a saying that a lot of herbals will say is like the plant you need is the one that's growing outside your door. That's so beautiful. That's incredible. And so many times, I mean, and there's just so many interesting things that are happening with plants. Like I could talk about this all day with like, you know, we're seeing a rise in things in the Northeast and then heading down even towards Tennessee where we are in like Lyme disease, for instance, happening more and more prevalently. At the same time, we're seeing so-called invasive species popping up and choking out other plants, things like Japanese knotweed. Well, one of the things they found is that Japanese knotweed can be helpful in treating, guess what? Lyme disease. Lyme disease. That's insane. Um, And so I always, you know, people are really quick to point the finger at, you know, these so-called invasives. And my question is always. Yeah. Weeds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, why is it here? Why is it popping up now? Is there a message? Is there a lesson? Is there help being provided here in some way? And more often than not, the answer is yes. Oh my God. That like makes me want to cry. Like plants are sentient, intelligent. Like they're here to work with us. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And there's so much there. Like there's so much being offered to us if we're willing to engage in some reciprocity, right? If we're, if we're willing to tend to these, you know, stands of plants and help protect their habitat and give them the room they need to flourish. Right. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the reciprocity is that we can treat these plants with respect. Like we can help care for them so that they can care for us. Right. And I'm not saying we should be helping like Japanese knotweed thrive, for instance, before anyone sends like angry emails, but I am saying (laughs) that perhaps there's a reason it's popping up in such abundance And maybe that reason is for us to be able to go out and and harvest it because it's perhaps needed by a lot more people. Can we be curious about that? Yeah. Right. Be curious, right? I think would be a great first step there is is to wonder, you know, why? Why is this plant popping up here right now? And there's so many easy ways to work with the land rather than against it. I mean, even just a simple thing right now is just like, we, you know, recently just got a pair of Cooney Cooney pigs. A lot of the property here is wooded. We need to open up a little bit more land for grazing for them. So we're going through and dead trees or trees that are very small and are already being shaded out. You know, those are some of the ones we're taking down to open up the land. Okay. Those trees though, are now becoming the fence posts and garden gates for our gardens. Anything else is getting wood chipped going through the wood chipper to become the walkways in our garden, you know, nothing's wasted. Yeah. Everything has a purpose still that, you know, we're trying to have, you know, as close as we can to like a closed loop system here to not have to bring in these outside inputs and to say, whatever's on the land is what the land needs. Mm -hmm. And let's figure out how to make it work with what we've got. So awesome. Okay. So Obviously, most of us probably need to grab some lymphatic tonic from you because clearly we need that at this time of year. I think we all need that and some sunshine and a nice long walk. And some sunshine, vitamin D. Okay, what are some of your favorite herbs for just sort of overall like emotional health, like mental health and well-being? Do you have any faves? I mean... So my business is Fox and Elder. I love elderberry and elderflower. Um, Elderflower is a nice kind of uplifting herb. I mean, it has a lot of places that it can pop into our lives, but I love it as just like a gentle mood elevator. I actually have a formula called Heartlifter, which is 
elderflower, rose, mimosa flower, and lemon balm together. Mm. Just really soothing, like um, just when you're kind of having one of those days where you're like, my smile isn't happening on its own. Yeah. What what can I do to just you know kick this up a notch or two? I think one of my favorite herbs that I feel like people don't talk about enough is oat straw. Like it's so simple. Okay. But just, it's a really nice, it's a good tonic herb. It's very nourishing. It has a lot of great stuff in it, but also just very calming, a gentle calm for the nervous system, which who doesn't need that right now Truly. Um, at this point. So that's one of my favorites to work with. And that's really easy to do just as like, as an herbal infusion. So like an ounce of that dried herb in a quart uh, mason jar, hot water. I leave it to sit overnight and then drink it the next day. And yeah. it's fine on its own. Like it's a little bit sweet already because of just how it naturally is. And I love it. It's, it's beautiful just to drink all by itself. That's so good to know. I, yeah. I was telling Sarah before we started that I, one of my favorite herbs is holy basil Tulsi yes. tea. And that yeah, I just, that's I, drink, a great one. I drink it like all day, every day. And, um, it's an adaptogen. It is calming, but also uplifting. Like mm-hmm. it's literally yeah. both. My system loves it. <laughs> yeah. Tulsi or I love Tulsi and Linden together as well are two herbs that really play off of each other in a great way. Nice. And this time of year, even, you know, a lot of people, spring allergies maybe are starting to kick up. So yes. uh, stinging nettle, goldenrod, things like that are great to throw, you know, throw a cup of tea together a little bit of nettle every day for those that are trying to keep those allergies at bay. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I, I mean, I tell everyone, you know, nettles all day long. It's so nourishing. So many good minerals can't get enough of it. So I, I love just like the simple herbal infusions, like to start my morning while I'm working. And then I get a little fancier in the afternoon with like, you know, cups of actual like teas that I've put together, but yeah, nettles and oat straw for just like starting my morning with, a quart, a quart of either of those to get, you know, one really good hydration there, you know, getting a quart of water into me right at the start of the day. Exactly. And those just great, you know, minerals and, and just so nourishing at so many different levels. So yeah, those are some of my favorites. Excellent. That's so helpful. Thank you. I'm always looking for just little recommendations of, you know, it's just support for the nervous system, right? Like it's just like an additional layer of support. And like you said, who doesn't need that? So yeah, that's great. Oh, Sarah. Okay. Well, we're coming to the end of time, but I just could talk to you all day. So thank (laughs) you. No, thank you. This has been so fun. Please tell the listeners a little bit more about sort of where they can find you online and engage with your work. You mentioned a shop that you have, which I didn't even know about. So please tell (laughs) tell us all the things, please. Sure. So I have a few different projects. The first is I, for those of you that are interested in, in learning about homesteading and herbalism, I have a podcast called Tending Seeds. You can find that anywhere that you find podcasts. So some of those are solo episodes. Some of those are with guests. I've been doing some really fun interviews lately. So I'd really recommend that just as you know, a free resource that I try to put out there for people. Um, you can laugh at my own adventures. I started it right when I first started homesteading so that people could laugh at my mistakes as I went along also. Um, Thank you for that, by the way. Like we need more content that is about just genuine, like mistake, follies, like part that being part of the process. Like, thank you. No perfection. Yeah, no problem. I'm always happy to laugh at myself and I might as well share the love and let other people join in. So amazing. And then you can find me on social media, Fox and Elder, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Uh, my website is foxandelder.com. We have a farm store up there for whatever like seasonal items we're making at the time. We also, you can find me on Patreon or you can do this through the farm store as well. I love to send and receive snail mail. I feel like it's something people are missing out on. So every month uh, for the full moon, I make a small like zine um, and you can get that sent to you with like a tea bag for the tea of the month. And the idea is that we all everyone in that community, we all on the full moon are like reading our zine and drinking our mug of tea so that even if you're feeling isolated, you can be part of a community on the full moon. And there's also like a tarot spread in each month. And we talk about different plants, herbs. For March, this issue was all about luck. So prosperity, uh, magic and things like that. 
I love this so much. This is actually how I found out about your work is through, oh, cool. through your zine because awesome. Mallory from Hen of the Woods, who's a fabulous oh, I love her. caterer, yeah, mm-hmm. cook, she cited one of your zines in her newsletter. And it was oh, so, awesome. so unique the way that you put it together. And like you said, just getting that tactile experience of having something delivered in the mail is so fun. So it's a really, really unique, fun project. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I love doing it. I love, you know, something in the mail that's not a bill that you can kind of look forward to. Totally. It's great. So yeah, I love making that each month and, and sending that out into the world. It's, it's a really, it's a, it's a fun project. I can see you light up when you talk about it. Like literally <laughs> your face like changes. It's beautiful. I can Thanks, tell you really yeah. love it. I love doing it. And people have asked me, why don't you do it? You know, do a digital version. And I'm like, I just, it wouldn't be the same. It's not, not the same. It's not what I felt called to do when I, when I decided to make it. And this is actually the third in the third year of making the scene every month. And I love, I love doing it. And it's been such a process and an evolution. And I'm even more rural now. So it's like an hour to get to a place that even has a photocopier for me that we're looking into some like home solutions for that, for printing, but yeah. Good so. for you. <laughs> That's amazing. That makes me so happy. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. I, I love putting it out there for people. Yay. Okay. Well, I will list all of this in show notes as well for the listeners so that you can click on all of these links and find all of Sarah's wonderful work. Sarah, you have been just such a blessing and a gift. Thank you so much for being here. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Jordan. It's been great t- chatting with you. I'm so glad we connected. And so thanks, Mallory, for connecting us. Thank Mallory, you. Mallory, shout out to Mallory. Mallory, <laughs> if you're listening, you're awesome too. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Jordan. That's a wrap for this episode. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment now to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app of choice. It really makes a difference and helps other people find the show. Thank you again to my guest, Sarah Schuster. Your wisdom and passion give me so much hope for this wounded world. I signed up for your full moon zine, and I'm so excited to keep in touch. Thank you for sharing yourself so generously with us. Do you have questions or a dream you want to share? Please drop me an email at psychemagicpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave me a voicemail via the link in show notes. I'd love to hear from you, and you could be featured on a future episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Psyche underscore magic. Check out my Psyche Magic playlist on Spotify. The link is in show notes. Psyche Magic was produced and recorded by me, Jordan Hale. Editing for this episode is by Misuzu Inaga. Our theme music is by Young Summer. Artwork is by Annika Murphy. Special thanks go to Daniel Higby. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website, www.psychemagicpodcast.com. Psyche Magic is available via Anchor across all podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with a question. If you must sleep through a third of your life, are you willing to sleep through your dreams too? Get your dream journals out, y'all. Until next time.